Welcome to In the Stacks, brought to you by the Lewistown Public Library in Lewistown, Montana, a podcast about the wide and wild world of libraries. Hi folks, welcome back to In the Stacks. So, we know that the world is obsessed with a lot of odd things. And sometimes there are trends that seem to catch on like wildfire that we can't quite explain or figure out immediately or logically. One of these trends is true crime. While the consumption of the stories of real crimes and all their gruesome details as a form of entertainment is not new, the internet age and the proliferation of podcasts have created a new format for these stories that makes them especially accessible. And just like any media explosion, there are pros and cons and plenty of nuances to this genre, which gravitates from voyeuristic and exploitative at its worst to revealing and purposeful at best. In this episode, Alyssa and I discuss the true crime genre and the consumption of crime stories as a form of entertainment. While there's nothing explicit or gruesome discussed in detail here, be aware that there are references to violence and abuse. And oh yeah, we talk about our most heinous library crimes, so you don't want to miss that. So here's episode 14, True Crime. Here we are. I've got a juicy question for you. Oh, yeah? What is your library crime? I have so many library crimes. Oh, I can't even talk. What's your worst one? I mean, I'm not going to admit to that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mostly, I just don't ever bring books back. Or I find like 10 that I'm interested in and I check them all out and have them out for months. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I do. And um, when I was little, I used to like forget them on the dashboard of the car for months Uh-oh. and then they would bleach out. And I'm sure <gasps> no one was happy oh, with me. Oh no. Like, that's better than like mm-hmm. returning them soaking wet. I've never done that. I've never dropped a library book in water. That's like the murder level library crime, I think. It's the water thing. Yeah, is like ruining a book by getting it wet and then just dropping it in the book drop anyway. Why would you do that? Like with all the other books? I don't know, because you think you think you can get away with it. Like any criminal. But like we have your name. Right? It's part of the system. <laughs> but I've also mm-hmm. done that before where I like no. spilled coffee. This was not this library. Mm-hmm. It was a different library, but I spilled coffee on a book. Several books. This happened several times. Returned it anyway. And then I got a bill in the mail and I was so indignant. <laughs> I think I've left like little smudges of chocolate, like <laughs> ice cream in them, but... <laughs> What is your worst library crime? Besides the coffee spilling, (laughs) my crime is I dog ear pages. I can't believe that. I know. It's pretty bad. I think we need to prosecute you. It's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) 
You have so many bookmarks, Brittany. I know. Well, it's because I have, like, in books that I own, Mm -hmm. I underline stuff and, like, write little notes in the margins all the time, but I can't do that in library books. So I dog ear the pages because I'm like, I'll go back and I'll, like, write down that quote or whatever. And, of course, never do. And just return my books with all of these dog eared pages. I was like the kid so. at Stanford who got after other students for using the little sticky tabs. Oh, yeah. Because those are bad for books over time. <laughs> and I knew that because I worked yeah. at the library. And so then my friends would have all these sticky notes in. I'd be like, oh, no, you shall not do that. <laughs> so, no dog eared pages. Yeah. We're terrible. Chocolate, which is no better. <laughs> Uh, well, at least we don't murder people. Can you imagine getting back? Like, we have the oddest things coming as bookmarks. And I've only found, like, the little flossers that you use. Oh, Like, somebody used disgusting. that as a bookmark. Yes. I found that and recipe cards and stuff like that. Have you ever you... found a Band-Aid? Oh, did you find a Band-Aid? I didn't, but I was just thinking that with the flosser. No. Oh, no. that would be a crime. It would, but see, we've never had an actual murder weapon used as a bookmark. That's good. Which is a good thing. That's, yeah. <laughs> and when it's coffee, we're having to get out of books and not major amounts of blood. Yeah. <laughs> so this is our really smooth <laughs> intro yes. into talking about a very popular topic and genre of not just books, but... TV and film and podcasts um, the world over, and that is true crime. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. It's really interesting to me, like on a psychological level, not the true crime itself, but true crime as entertainment mm-hmm. and how it's blown up so much. Yeah. Why do, why do you think that is? Why do you think people are so enthralled with true crime well one of the articles that i read when i was going to research true crime instead of just consume it badly (laughs) um talked about how it kind of taps into this tradition of you know like when you were little did you have a ton of sleepovers with like other girls oh sometimes yeah and you would go over like all the things you do and don't do to kind of keep yourself safe i feel like that was a very you know that was like a part of a lot of interactions I had growing up in like an environment with all women was yeah. part of it was how do you keep yourself safe? What do you do? What don't you do? Things yeah. like that. And I mean, that's problematic in a lot of ways, Yeah, but that is also like a bonding experience of some uh-huh. sort. And I think that sort of is what these true crime, crime shows kind of tap into. Yeah. Is that men have said that they, that it's more pure entertainment. Mm. And for women, it's more of they're gathering protective information. Mm. They are learning about this is the worst of the worst that could happen to me. Because we know that the majority of victims of violent crime are women. And so these women that take it in as entertainment, it's more of they're researching. You know? Yeah. Like learning how to protect themselves they're trying Mm -hmm. to get into the psyche of these murderers or criminals to learn 
where they need to protect themselves and situations they need to stay away from. Kind of like what you were saying. And I don't know why, why we like it just as humans. I don't know. Like if you think about, it's like horror movies. Those have been popular forever, you know? Um, and it's the same kind of, like the adrenaline rush that you get from being scared, you can get like physically addicted to. Like it's, it's a rush, even if it scares you. That's a good point. Like I can't do horror movies. Yeah. Because they're scary in a way that listening <laughs> yeah. to actual accounts is yeah. different from. But I also think there's a difference between Mm -hmm. um, the people that have experienced violent crime and people that haven't. And the people that haven't are able to take in true crime as entertainment because they have this wall of disreality. Is disreality a word? I don't know, but it's a good description of what you're talking about. um, they don't they don't have an actual experience to imprint that on they don't relate to it in the worst way whereas whereas someone who has has that traumatic reaction to it and i think sometimes like i haven't been through an awful lot of trauma but sometimes with some of this true crime stuff i'm like wow that person was awful and terrible and i'm glad i'm not the only person who encounters awful and terrible people, do you know what I mean? I think that might be another part of it, too, is that, like, we, you see this just heinous, awful person doing these terrible things, and you're like, oh, I feel better about cutting some off in traffic or some, like, little uh, bad thing that we did because there are people out there in the world that commit these awful crimes or or if if we're looking at the victim too Mm -hmm. being like oh i didn't have that bad of a day because i didn't get murdered or awful things happen to me but awful people have done awful things yeah people yeah so i think there's some of that on a subconscious level too i think there's a lot of subconscious like a whole bunch of subconscious stuff with True crime, taking in true crime. Like it's something I use to relax, which is wild, right? Yeah. But I think that that ties back to that like, oh man, I had a really stressful day, but I'm going to, you know, watch someone have an even more stressful day that I don't feel so bad. Well, that's what, like when I was in Japan, (laughs) I sent my mother pictures and there had been like this awful bear attack and this woman had died. And it's like... Look, mom, I'm having a bad day, but it's not as bad as hers, <laughs> yeah. which is horrible. But yeah, it does kind of put things into perspective sometimes. I think so. So, with that, do you think that true crime as a form of entertainment is inherently harmful? True crime has so many different subgenres in it. Too. Oh yeah, like most of what I listen to has somehow combined, like, comedy uh-huh. and these awful things. But usually in a way where it's not making... Well, always in a way where it's not making fun of the victim, but of, yeah, like, the perpetrator mm-hmm. of those crimes. Yeah. And I think that's something that 
making fun of death is something humans have been doing and kind uh-huh. of a futile attempt to protect themselves from it for it's a very long totally. time. Yeah. But I think that it gets to be harmful when you're using somebody else's pain for your own gain, mm-hmm. which I think is what does happen. I mean, all of your true yeah. crime podcasts have advertisements uh-huh. and they're making money and yeah. they're, you know, gaining popularity from delving into someone else's like the worst day or the end of someone else's life. I try to listen to podcasts that are either doing the comedy thing or donating because yep. yeah. if it's just there to make someone else rich and famous, I think that's yeah. quite awful. And I think there's a fine line too between being exploitative mm-hmm. and raising awareness and mm-hmm. like giving voice and power back to these victims by sharing their story yeah and like not letting the perpetrator get away with it i mean sometimes they aren't caught and they get away with it and a lot of those stories are the ones getting told too but i think um giving a voice to the victim and to survivors has uh has merit too so what do you think about that question? Do you think it's inherently harmful? I think it's different for everybody. I think mm. different people are affected by... They have different sensitivities to that kind of thing. So I think it's important for everybody to like, you know, be honest with themselves and be careful of what, you know, they're taking in. Like, I personally... I have stopped listening to true crime because I, I only listen to podcasts now when I run Mm -hmm. and I run in the mornings, like before the sun's up Mm -hmm. and to listen to a story about, (laughs) you know, someone getting kidnapped and killed when I'm running alone in the dark is unsettling for me when I'm in a lab and it's brightly lit and I'm around other people, I can handle it. Um, but you know, I had to like realize that about myself and, um, change my listening habits and my consumption of that type of thing. I try to balance it with like Oprah and desert Island discs. (laughs) (laughs) Some palate cleansers. (laughs) I do think though that like, a true crime and even not true crime, just stories like crime yeah. dramas um, make for good stories. How so? It's suspenseful. It's especially with true crime, you know, because they're kind of going over like, here's some suspects, here's some evidence. It's like a mystery that the listener, the reader viewer gets to kind of play along with and kind of do that armchair detective thing yeah and that's fun i think it it makes for entertainment in that way if you can like separate it from the fact that it's reality it makes a good story i've also listened to podcasts about like golden age detective fiction Uh and how that interacted with true crime of the time and with like gender and politics Uh uh-huh so the spinster detective figure that you see like in some Christie stuff. Yeah. That's all those surplus women after the world wars. Yeah. Who weren't fitting in with what society expected. 
Yeah. Oh, of that's them interesting. Anymore. Yeah. And we're detectives in their old age <gasps> instead of grandmothers with a lot yeah. of children, you know. And I think some of that does play into modern true crime as well. Yeah. Is that sometimes there are undercurrents of subverting what people expect of a gender or Oh totally. Yeah. I think it's interesting too with how people are more question the justice system more than mm. they possibly used to and you know there's kind of this reckoning with police and that whole thing and I think that's reflected in true crime entertainment as well yeah. um, I feel like maybe in older true crime depictions um, the viewer is like immediately trusting of the courts or the police as mm. like the truth and the be all end all of that story Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing that maybe some of it's not so clear cut in some of those stories. Um, and I think that complexity makes those stories even more interesting. Sheds light on some real world issues, you know? Oh, definitely. I really like the podcast that'll go through. And I mean, I know, I know they don't know what they're talking about. They're like, in this case... The police were super supportive when this family came in and had a daughter who ran away a couple of times and they were like, hey, something is wrong. And the police acted on it right away. Yeah. Versus in a different case, they might cover. They're like, well, the police assumed that this girl was just a runaway. Yeah. And they weren't going to look for her because she wasn't important enough or the right right race or yeah. she wasn't the right sexuality or yeah. the right income level. So I think it really does help to bring those issues in and then for you to think about how that would work in your own community with totally yeah what do you think the best format to take in a true crime story is do you think it's podcasts or in a book or movie or television show i like podcasts because i don't get so invested Mm, that's a good point you know it's yeah. it's one sense that you're devoting to all of this uh-huh. murder instead yeah. of you know reading it and imagining all of it in super gruesome details some sort yeah. of creative thing that you're doing yourself or yeah. um watching it i like listening to podcasts and usually i do like i i baked bread the other day and listened to a true crime podcast you yeah. know that sort of yeah really mundane stuff mm-hmm. and that helps balance it not all yeah. your attention is there so I like podcasts but I think that's a really individual thing what yeah do you think? I was yeah I agree like there's something about not uh having like being able to put a face to the names mm-hmm. that allows you to detach a little bit yeah that's very good and point. like if you know sometimes on like a documentary or a tv show they'll show crime scene photos and like Mm -hmm. gruesome things that uh you don't have when you're listening when you're it's just audio yeah so I think that it's it's easier for some people to consume it because of that I think Mm -hmm. I would agree podcasts are probably the best I honestly don't the easiest yeah yeah I honestly don't like and (laughs) Here's another crime because I'm a librarian. I should books above all. But um, I don't like reading true crime books all that much. I don't think I've ever read a true crime book. I love mysteries, but not like real mysteries. 
I've read I've read some. I definitely don't like gravitate mm-hmm. towards them, but it feels I don't know newsy a little bit. I don't. It's um, I, I feel like it's on the other side of the spectrum from mm-hmm. like watching it visually. Mm-hmm. Is you're not getting enough personal yeah. from just the text, in my opinion. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of the reason, like you were saying with the suspense thing in mystery novels, mm-hmm. like if you've got a main character, they don't usually kill them off. I mean, they do sometimes, yeah. but you can kind of expect that the person you get yeah. attached to is going to be there at the end of the book. And you can't with true crime exactly. books. So I yeah. think it hurts a little to invest <laughs> all of that yeah. while you're knowing that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. now that we've talked about the best format, what are some of your favorite true crime podcasts or books or shows or some that you think are notable i really like morbid and that's the name of it yeah it's morbid okay it's by ash and elena okay um, are their names and they're like a comedy true crime podcast yeah. and i think they do a really excellent job of being compassionate while poking a lot of fun yeah at perpetrators like Oh, BTK and mm-hmm. people like that who gave themselves really, you know, like really cool names. <laughs> Part of that podcast is like renaming all of these serial killers who named themselves. I like that. <laughs> with, with funny names. And one of the um, one of the people on that show is, she's an autopsy tech. Oh, So that's interesting yeah. to, to learn more about that. But my favorite part of their shows is listener tales because i mean i don't some of them are like three three hours a piece three episode long series on an awful child murderer and i don't listen to those yeah but just because i feel like it's like too horrible and too scarring (laughs) they do these listener tales where they ask listeners to send in stories of true crime that's happened to them or in their communities and those are hilarious yeah and very very funny and that podcast does a lot of like it's morbid because it's not just true crime it's also like ghosts and spooky things oh my favorite episodes yeah but interesting and i started with crime junkie which i think oh i've heard of them yeah just like the name i think is really something to wince at because a lot of the time the people featured in true crime stories might have had issues with like addiction. Yeah. And so comparing your addiction to true crime that you listen to from a place of privilege with the addiction of the people you're talking about yeah. is I think not a great thing, but I think they do a really good job covering people who don't usually get featured. Mm-hmm. So they do a yeah. lot of like women of color and indigenous women and yeah. things like that. Or they used to. I don't listen to them much anymore. Yeah. Because they're very serious. And like I said, the comedy thing is more my shtick. But yeah. um, those are the two I probably listen to the most. I don't know if I've listened to any other ones that... There's one called Vanished, which oh. is about people that go missing. Mm. And a lot of times... Um, the cases that they feature are unsolved. And so the point of it is trying to crowdsource, mm. you know, potential information about these missing people. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing, like you said, they feature a lot of cases that, you know, don't get a lot of media attention. 
So I think the, like the purpose behind that one, I feel better listening to that kind of thing when I know that they, they're trying to, trying to solve it, not from like an armchair detective Mm -hmm. kind of aspect, but like actually trying to get some real information. I also really, another show that's kind of in that same uh, vein, it sort of has the same purpose, is The Hunt with Mm -hmm. John Walsh. Um, So he hosted America's Most Wanted. Oh, Um, I think like back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And his son, when he was a child, was abducted and murdered. Oh. And so he kind of made it his mission to um, highlight these unsolved cases Mm -hmm on his TV show and get and gather evidence and uh, tips and that kind of thing. And um, a lot of the cases that he's featured on this show have either been solved or they've made good headway because mm-hmm. people are seeing these episodes and realize that they have valuable information. Wow. Um, and it's just really well done. It's really like well produced and pretty sensitive to uh, the victims and the survivors Mm -hmm. of these crimes. Um, So I like that one a lot too. And then since I got to mention a book, I got to throw it back to the OG true crime in cold blood by Truman Capote. I don't know this. (gasps) You've never read in cold blood. I've never read in cold blood. I don't know. Oh my God. It's anything about it. It's about a real murder which one so in cold blood is um a nonfiction novel so it's like told as a story but it's about you know it's one of those that kind of straddles the genres but um it's about the murder of the clutter family in a small farming community in kansas Mm -hmm. and um the killers were richard hitchcock Hickcock, Hickcock, mm. <laughs> and Perry Smith, um, and it's brutal. It's like goes through, like told from the perspective mm-hmm. of the murderers, huh. and it's wow. it's intense. But I think that's like the quintessential true crime book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truman Capote is an incredible author. No, I'm super interested. Oh, I'm sure we have it. I have too many books out already. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could get it on audiobook and then listen to it, you know, to get your true crime fix. Maybe we have it on the Montana Library to go. There we go. I Library still promotion. Have to add it to my list of books. <laughs> I have three. Uh, I definitely that sounds super good. So you've read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in high school. In high school? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I think that was the peak of my true crime, mm-hmm. like, fandom. Yes. <laughs> was in high school. I was really into, like, the Black Dahlia yeah. murder and, oh, God, all of the worst, like, Jeffrey Dahmer oh! and, like, all the <laughs> most gruesome ones. Yeah. But I, I definitely didn't have the perspective of like being sensitive about victims Mm. and about death and all of that when I was like 16 so I just kind of binged on it yeah but it really is like the whole true crime thing Mm. is really complex I think Mm -hmm. 
And it can be used in so many ways, like... Anyway, so Crime Junkie yep. had this episode after they did an episode on a case of abuse. Yeah. Where they got in contact with someone who specializes in working with women who have been abused. Yeah. And they went through in like a one or two part thing, um, how to recognize signs of domestic abuse mm-hmm. in your life and in the lives of others and yeah. things you can do and what you should and shouldn't do and things you might not have thought of yeah. when you have friends who are going through something like that. Yeah. So I think stuff like that is really good, but there's a lot of stuff in the same, you know, yeah. area that can be really bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think as long as like true crime has some sort of greater purpose like that, mm-hmm. like either trying to prevent it or trying to solve unsolved mm-hmm. crimes, I think it can be... I'm not going to say healthy. <laughs> Some people it might not be, but I, I feel like it, you know, is it has a purpose. Maybe it's just a fad. Maybe like in 10 years, people will be going, what was this thing that right. happened when everyone was so obsessed with yeah. this topic? Could hmm. be. Well, don't get murdered. <laughs> Thank you. That's such excellent advice, Brittany. <laughs> I just so appreciate all of that wonderful. <laughs> That's all the all the advice I have oh on a Friday God. evening at five thirty. Yeah, but it's already very dark. <laughs> all right, thanks, Alyssa. Thank you, Brittany. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to our discussion about true crime. So this is a super complex topic. And if you guys have thoughts about the true crime genre or any other comments about the podcast, please email us. We'd love to hear what you have to say. We appreciate you guys tuning in. So subscribe to In the Stacks in your podcast app to get new episodes as soon as they come out. We will be back in a few weeks. Thanks, everyone. In the Stacks is produced by the staff at the Lewistown Public Library in Lewistown, Montana. Subscribe to In the Stacks on Spotify, Google, and all other major podcast platforms. Follow us at LPLGram on Instagram or Lewistown Public Library on Facebook for the latest updates on library happenings, including the podcast. If you have an idea for an episode or a topic you would like us to explore, Email us at lewistownpubliclibrary at gmail.com. Thank you for supporting the library.